All right, let's go. You know, one of my favorite quotes uh, is from a missionary by the name of Jim Elliott. I love missionaries. I love biographies. Uh, I love uh, studying about missionaries. Jim Elliott is one of my favorite missionaries. And I had this quote painted on my wall uh, for the longest time. And here's his quote. When he was 22 years old, he wrote in his journal, uh, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let me, let me repeat that again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He wrote that when he was 22 years old. Uh, so young, yet so wise. So young, yet so mature. But he would write that. Six years later, Elliot would move with his wife uh, to the Amazon to share the gospel with his fierce Aka Indian tribe. And uh, when he got there, when he arrived, he and four other missionaries got on a plane, a little small plane. They flew out and they were going to meet these Aukas. They had set up this appointment. They were going to meet these Aukas on this beach on the Amazon. So they landed on this small beach and uh, the Aukas came. And, uh, but rather than a friendly meeting, it turned bad as the Aukas speared and killed Elliot, uh, Jim Saint, and the other missionaries that were with him. They sent out a search party. They discovered the bodies. They brought them back and, and, and they buried their bodies. And you know, the world just said this was a tragedy. This missionary, this young man who was so bright, he had uh, received a degree in linguistics from Wheaton, and I mean, just a bright light of a man and who could have made a major difference within our world. There's lost people all over America. There's lost people in Chicago. There's lost people all over. Why go to some place where you might literally lose your life when you can share the gospel here in freedom? Why do that? That's foolish, the world would say. It was a tragedy. But that's not what his wife, Elizabeth, felt. You would think she would have felt the same way. But that's not what his wife felt. She actually said that, you know, the world has missed the last part of his credo. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep. And here's the last part, to gain what he cannot lose. You see, Elizabeth Elliot and Jim Elliot knew that he was no fool. He was no fool to move to his family to the Amazon where it was dangerous. He was no fool to board a plane and he was no fool to go share the gospel of life with people who wanted to take his life. He was no fool to do that. You see, uh, uh, Elliot knew that giving everything, giving his, his money, giving his ambitions, giving his goals, giving his youth, giving his dreams, giving his life, was not a subtraction, it was a stewardship. You see, Elliot knew this. Elliot realized, because Elliot had found life, and Elliot was uh, living sent to help others find life and gave his life to help others find life, and he realized when he found life that his life was not his. He realized that his life had been given to him by God, that his breath in his lungs, that the blood in his heart, that the minutes in his day, everything was given to him by God. And so his life was a stewardship. And he wanted to invest it and give it all to the glory of God. You see, he didn't want to waste one single moment. And as I was studying that this week, I, I did think of Amy. I did think of, you know, how the fact that she was gone way too soon, like Jim Elliott, in our minds. She's gone way too soon. 
You know, I, I, I could envision many days ahead and, and, and we could look out and we could say why and what and how it's too soon. And I mean, look at the good she was doing and man, why, why in the world would she be taken? Why would Jim Elliott be taken so young when they were doing so much good for the kingdom? I, I don't know that, but here's what I know. I know that Jim Elliott and I know that Amy Hood did not waste a moment of their life. She didn't waste a moment of her life. She spent her life investing in orphans and in adoption and investing in women. And, and, and she spent her life serving her family and serving her church. And she didn't waste a moment. She invested it all and it wasn't wasted. Jim Elliott's life wasn't wasted. And, and today, uh, you know, I, I want you to know that Jim Elliott's life, even though it was gone way too early, he inspired many people. Matter of fact, many of the Alcas came to know Jesus Christ because his wife didn't shy away, back away, move back. She continued the mission and went to the Alcas, shared the gospel, and they became believers. As a matter of fact, we had the very man who speared Elliot here and speared his, one of his partners, Nate Saint, here just about 20 years ago. He was an Alca, and he couldn't speak English, and Nate Saint, Steve's son, who was, who, who, who was killed with Elliot, uh, was translated for him. Did you get that? The son of the man he killed translated with him. How did that happen? Because after he became a believer, he basically knew he killed his father, so he adopted him as his son and poured into him. That's the gospel. You see, he and his life brought an entire people group, the gospel. His life inspired many missionaries, many people like you, to get out of the pew, to get out of the seat and go to wherever God called them to share the gospel. His life wasn't wasted. It wasn't a tragedy, it was a triumph. It wasn't a tragedy, it was a triumph. You see, that's what we know, that's what I know about Amy. I know she's gone too soon, I don't understand it, but I know it wasn't a tragedy, it was a triumph because she believed in the Lord and she did not waste her life. That's what I wanna challenge you to do today. I wanna challenge you today as we look at the story of Jonah in Jonah chapter three. Uh, we're going to, to, to look at probably the shortest message ever preached. Not probably this one, but the one we're gonna look at. <laughs> you know me, but I might preach shorter today in, 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 in honor of this sermon, okay? I might do that. If you're really good at listening, I might preach shorter, okay? But today as we look at the shortest sermon ever preached, what I want you to do is, is I, I, I want you to be challenged to not waste your life. Don't waste your life. You know, the tragedy is not that we uh, give our life for the gospel. The tragedy is that we give our life to the world. That's the tragedy. The tragedy is not that, 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 we, that we give our life to the gospel, so that we give our life to the world. The, the tragedy is that we invest and we focus on our kingdoms and everything's lived for our kingdom that's gonna fade up and fold away rather than God's kingdom that's gonna last forever. That's the tragedy. So today I wanna challenge you to not waste your life, not waste a moment of your life. And here's what we're gonna see today as we look at the story of Jonah, is that we must be faithful to share the gospel. We must be faithful to share. Now, the last time we left Jonah, he had been in the belly of a whale, or a great fish, it says. We presume it was a whale. He had been in the belly of uh, this great fish for three days, three nights. And uh, if you'll remember, Jonah ran from the Lord. God appeared to Jonah and told Jonah, go to that great city of Nineveh and preach the gospel. 
Well, Jonah hated the Ninevites. They were some of the most fierce enemies of Israel, and they were brutal enemies that literally skinned their victims, or their enemies, alive. They skinned them and then hung their skins like flags outside their city just to warn people and intimidate their enemies. They were brutal, and, 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 and Jonah hated the Ninevites. And so God said, I want you to go and share the gospel with the Ninevites. And Jonah said, I'm not gonna share the gospel because I know you, God. You're a gracious God and you'll probably save them if I go. And I'm not gonna, I don't wanna, I want them to go to hell. I don't want them to go to heaven. I don't wanna spend eternity with these people. I'm not going. And you can imagine, ooh, you know, and somebody says, I'm not going. It's like, I don't, get away from that guy. Lightning's gonna strike at any moment, right? I don't wanna be around him. Well, that's exactly what happened. Jonah said, I'm running. So he went and boarded a ship, bought a, bought a ticket on a boat, heading the opposite direction as Nineveh. I'm running as far as I can from God. And we know that God relentlessly pursued Jonah. That's what God does. He just pursues you. We see it with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve disobey God, they run in the Garden of Eden, God pursues. We see it with Jonah. Jonah runs from God, God pursues. You might be running from God right now and God is pursuing. As a matter of fact, he is already where you're going. <laughs> He's not chasing you, he's already there. And he pursues. And then uh, he threw this storm that was on the ocean that was going to tear the boat in pieces. The mariners, the sailors were afraid. They knew this storm they couldn't withstand. They started throwing cargo over and finally they threw Jonah overboard because they realized it was Jonah was the problem. They threw him overboard. And well, it wasn't a coincidence that God had provided this whale, this fish, to be at the exact spot. And we see Jesus in the New Testament, right? Throw your nets on the other side, boys. They've been fishing all night. He, he, he directed all the fish to be exactly in that moment. It wasn't a coincidence to be exactly in that place, in that moment, because that's what God does. He controls every circumstance. He controls every atom. He controls every cell. He controls everything in your life, every moment. There's nothing that is by itself, there is nothing that's out of God's control. There's nothing God's not directing. He, he, he told those fish to be on the, the exact side of the boat when he told uh, Peter and the fishermen to cast your nets on the other side of the boat, boys. They're thinking, oh, he's crazy, but we're gonna do it. Bam, they hauled in so many fish, their nets broke. Here, he told the whale, be exactly at this point, and he, he, he put the whale at the coordinates where Jonah would be thrown overboard, and man, now it gets worse, because Jonah's thrown into the belly of the ocean, and now, bam, I mean, you, how can it get worse in a, in a big storm than being thrown into the belly of the ocean? Well, a big whale come by and swallow you whole. <laughs> I mean, man, that, 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 that's even worse. So, so the, the, the whale, the fish swallows Jonah and, and God set the GPS. He opened up Google Maps and that whale and he set Nineveh Beach. Nineveh Beach, Jonah, drive, swim. You know, it might, might be a swim on that thing, right? Not walk or drive or bike, but swim. And that, and that whale's a three-day trip to Nineveh and he gets to Nineveh and all of a sudden when he gets to Nineveh, the Nineveh Beach, Jonah is not settling too well on this whale's stomach, right? It's like, man, he ate some bad food and all of a sudden the whale started blowing Jonah chunks. And Jonah lands on the beach and he's been in these gastric juices for three days and three nights. He's bleached out, he's on a beach. That's, that's where we pick up the story and don't blow by that without understanding that, folks, uh, you're gonna go where God wants you to go, okay? You're gonna be where God wants you to be. You can go the easy way or you can go the hard way. You can go in a way that doesn't stink so bad or you can go smelling like whale uh, chunks. 
you're going to go where God wants you to go because God's in control. And it's not like God is saying, oh, Jonah, I wanted him to go, but I don't, uh, uh, Son and Holy Spirit, what are we gonna do now? Jonah's going in the opposite direction. You can't thwart the plan of God, folks. You can't, you know, you, you, you cannot stiff arm God. You can't do it. He's in control. And so Jonah is on Nineveh Beach, and when he lands on the beach, here is what the Lord spoke to him again, and it said, arise, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. Now, that sounds like deja vu a little bit, because remember, in chapter one, that's exactly what God told Jonah. Arise, go to Nineveh, but there's a little difference here. He didn't give him detail and message he just gave him more direct command to obey. Jonah, I've told you once, and now you've got a second chance. Do what I tell you to do, Jonah. Go to that great city of Nineveh and call out against it, right? Now, as Jonah is on that beach, and he gets this second command from God. He's been in the belly of a whale for three days, three nights. He was thrown into the ocean. He was enduring a storm. Jonah, we know, in the belly of the whale, the reason uh, that God got him there was after God relentlessly pursued him, we see Jonah relentlessly per- repent. And so now when the word of the Lord comes to Jonah, Jonah is no fool. <laughs> you know, he's no fool. He realizes, oh, God's bigger than me. God's more powerful than me. God is omniscient, I'm not. God's omnipotent, I'm not. And so he says, yes, God, I'll go, right? As a matter of fact, uh, it says, uh, and Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was exceedingly great city, three days journey in breath. So Jonah, when he gets the word from God, uh, this time it says that Jonah, man, he obeyed God. He, he, he picked himself up, he dusted off the sand, he went into the ocean, he washed off the slime, uh, the gastric juices, and he went into the city to preach the message God told him. Now, I, I, don't, I, don't, I want you to stop for a moment, and I wanna think about some things that we would have probably done if we put ourselves in Jonah's shoes. Think about if you're Jonah at that moment, what would you have done? Well, you'd said, oh, God's done got my attention, I'm going. But here's what I think that we would have done maybe. And here's what I know that people do because as I talk to people all the time and as even as I, I felt this, we would have probably, when we knew God has called us to do something and we have just completely rebelled against God, when God calls us to do something, here is what some of us do and what Jonah could have done. We, Jonah could have laid on that beach when God told him to go, and he could have been paralyzed by his past. Sound familiar? He could have been paralyzed by his past. Jonah could have laid there disgusted, feeling disqualified. He could have said, you know, I, I, I've blown it. No way God can use me. I've been blown it. Who's going to listen to me? Right? That's what the enemy plants in your head. Who's gonna listen to me? I, I, I can't do this. I don't have any credibility. They're gonna look at me and laugh because they, I, they know I have disobeyed God. They know what my life has been like. I'm not qualified to do this. Jonah could have done that. He had, he had just stiff-armed God and rebelled. He could have done that because that's what you and I do, right? He could have done that, but he didn't because here's why he didn't. Jonah knew that his sin was great. He did. He knew that he was a sinner. 
He knew his sin was great. He knew he had rebelled against God and that his sin was great, but he also knew God's grace was greater than his sin. You see, that's what we don't grasp as believers sometimes. We don't grasp and hang on to the fact that the gospel is not just for our salvation. It's for our life. It's for our, it's for our maturation, our sanctification, right? It's, it's, it's for every aspect of our being. I'm a grace addict, folk. I, I, I need grace every day. I can't live without it. I can't live without it. I'm so thankful for God's grace. Jonah realized I'm a sinner, but God's grace is greater. Here's what else Jonah realized. Jonah realized I didn't die in that ocean. I didn't die in the belly of the whale, which is miracle of miracles. Right? I didn't die in the belly of the whale for three days. Now, I stunk, but I didn't die. I wanted to die, but I didn't die. I'm still breathing. And if I'm still breathing, here's what that means. God's not through with me yet. I'm still breathing. God's not through with me yet. I still have work to do. I still have a mission to accomplish. Folks, if you're still breathing, God's still got work for you. Here's what I know. As I preached several weeks ago, a few weeks ago, the first Sunday back, your birth date and your death date are set before they are born. I gave you several verses which said that very thing, right? That wasn't my philosophy. That's God's word, right? And here's the thing. Uh, When God is through with you, as, as we learned with Amy, when God is through with you, nothing is going to keep you here. And until God is through with you, you're immortal, as John Piper says. Nothing is going to take you from here. And if you're here, that means God still has a mission for you and you still have a mission to accomplish. Yeah, your sin is great, just like mine, but God's sin is, God's grace is, God has no sin. God's grace is greater than your sin. Your sin is great, but God's grace is greater. So, uh, you know, don't let the failure of your past keep you from faithfulness in the, in the present, folks. That's a lie. That's a lie that you buy. Don't let the failure of your past keep you from faithfulness in the present. Now, Jonah gets up and he went into uh, Nineveh. Now, we're told that Nineveh was a great city. It was great in many, many ways. It was the capital uh, of Assyria. It was the capital. It was a massive city. It was a three days journey. Now, the three days journey would have been walking. So somewhere between probably 60 and 80 miles uh, in, in diameter. I mean, that's, that's a massive, massive city, right? Uh, and, and so Jonah, it says that he picked himself up and he goes one day, one day's journey into the heart of that city and he began to preach the message that God had given him. Now, let me, let me stop and say a word about that. Uh, Jonah, if we, if we look at this, there's a couple of things. One, Jonah <laughs> did not stay on the outskirts of the city and just shout, you know, from the outskirts because Jonah's still like, I really don't want these people to be saved. I don't know if they're gonna kill me. I don't know what if they're gonna run me out of town. I don't know if they're gonna beat me. I don't know if they're gonna reject me. So I'm going to technically obey. We're good at that, aren't we? I mean, don't we try to find ways to technically obey God's word? But we don't immerse ourselves in it. I mean, when it comes to money, we wanna figure out how, how can we technically obey God's 
God's word when it comes to you. When it comes to, to sex, how can we technically obey? I, well, I mean, we're not having sex. We do this, we do that, but we're not. How can we technically obey, right? I mean, when it comes to marriage, when it comes, how can we, te- for, how can we technically? Well, Jonah didn't try to figure out how he could technically obey God. He didn't stay on the outskirts. He immersed himself. He said, God's told me to do it. I've learned my lesson. I'm, this is what I'm gonna do. And so, you know, as Jim Elliott died on a beach, uh, Jonah pretty much died to himself on a beach. And he said, I'm going to immerse myself in what God has called me to do. Folks, uh, that's, that's one of the things I want you to see here is the mission that God has called us, we must be faithful to share and the mission that God's called us to will require you to immerse yourself in that mission. Now, how do you do that? Well, I mean, for some of you, it might mean going and immersing yourself into another country as we've got missionaries who've left our uh, church our city, to move to a different culture, to a different people group. You support those missionaries to share the gospel faithfully. But for most of you, it means immersing yourself in the life that God has given given you right here. It means immersing yourself in, if you've got kids, and your kids are playing any kind of sports, or cheering, or dancing, it means immersing yourself in in that group immersing yourself in that domain uh, for the gospel. If you got a job outside of your home, it means immersing yourself at Nissan. It means immersing yourself in your office, in your school, wherever, wherever you work. It means immersing yourself because there are lost people there, just like in that great city of Nineveh, who need to hear the gospel. And you do great work at Nissan. You can do great work at your school, at your office. You can do great work uh, on the road. You can do great work at whatever you do. But the greatest work is sharing the gospel. And that's what God's called you to do. You're a believer. He's called you to share the gospel. And you must immerse yourself and realize that my entire life is given to me. As Jim Elliott realized, my entire life is given to me by God. And it is not a subtraction to lose my life. It is a stewardship to give my life. And every domain of your life, your marriage, your family, your home, your neighborhood, your football team, your basketball team, your, 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 your school, your work, every domain of your life, you must immerse yourself in. Jonah went into the heart of the city and you must immerse yourself in every domain of your life in order to live on mission for God. So that's, that's one thing we learned. Here's the second thing. Notice that the message Jonah preached as I said, it's probably the shortest message in the Bible. Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. 40 days, Nineveh, and God's gonna drop the hammer. Now, man, that's a little bit shorter than the message you hear on Sunday, isn't it? That's a little bit shorter. It's, what, eight words? That's, that's, that's a really short message, man. I think about that today. I mean, you, man, that would, you'd be really happy. I mean, man, Travis gets up, sings a few songs, and man, I come up and say, hey, y'all, turn or burn, baby, right? And I sit down, and Travis comes and, and, and sings another song, and everybody in the building gets saved. And man, we're home. Everybody gets saved, and we're home before kickoff. Wow. It's win, win, win all over. Right? You're like, man, I, like, I never heard anybody complain about a short message, have you? Never heard anybody complain about a short message. I'd love to start preaching shorter, and I tell you what, I'll stop preaching when y'all stop sinning, okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm right there with you. You know, uh, 
But here's the point I want you to, to, to bring out of this. You know what, we, some of us, we, why don't we share the message? Well, some of us, because of Jonah, we're afraid of our past. Man, it disqualifies us, which is a lie that you buy. If you're alive and breathing, you're not disqualified. God's still got a mission for you. And you know, one of the reasons is because we're afraid we don't know what to say. Man, we don't have you know, all the verses memorized and we don't have the, 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 the gospel presentation. We're not polished in it. And man, we're not, we don't, you know, I couldn't do it, Pat, like, like maybe you could do it. I couldn't do it like one of our staff could do it. I couldn't do it like this, you know, I couldn't do it like this guy. I'm not, maybe I'm not extroverted. I, man, we see Jonah and, you know, I don't know if Jonah's making it hard on him to get saved. I think Jonah might have been at this point technically obeying God. He's going, God, I'm obeying, but I hate these people. So you better turn or burn. They're not gonna, they're not gonna respond to that. Well, here, here's what you know. It's not you that's gonna save anybody. It's God. And God's gonna use your words, whatever they are. You can't, here's the beautiful thing about sharing the gospel. If you legitimately try, you can't mess it up. Did you realize that? Now, should we learn and, 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 and try to put as many tools in our belt? Should we memorize scripture? Yeah. Man, God brings it back to our mind. We should. But here's the thing. Turn or burn is Jonah's message. Get right or get left. You're going to hell. That was his message. That's offensive. Who in the world? People are going to get mad and punch him in the nose. They're not going to say, oh, Really? I mean, I've never, when I walked up to anybody, and I, this is not necessarily a method I'd try. I've never sat down on beside anybody on a plane today and looked at them and said, hey, do you know you're going to hell? And expect them to go, are you kidding me? Tell me how to go to heaven. That's just not what happens. They're either gonna punch me in the mouth, right? Or, or, or they're gonna say, I'm a jerk. But here's the deal. If God's gonna save them, I could look at them and say, did you know you're going to hell? And, and they're gonna go, are you kidding me? I didn't know that. Tell me how I can avoid that. You see, that's what God did. You can't mess it up, folks. You cannot mess it up, right? And, and so Jonah was, was faithful, and, and, and man, uh, this is critical. Living scent, it's not about being rehearsed or polished or, or intelligent. It's just about being faithful. We must be faithful to share. Are you faithful? Are you obeying? Because you, listen, Jonah had this, this, this commission, this command to go to the great city of Nineveh. Well, Jesus gave you the same command. It wasn't Nineveh, it was going to all the world. All the world. All the world. And there's no exceptions. It's not for preachers. It's not for seminary profs. It's, it's not for super Christians. It's for every believer. Going to, you're, you've got the same command. You can be like Jonah and you, can, you could say, man, I, I, I don't like this person. I don't like my neighbor. I don't like my cousin. I don't like my, these friends. You, you could be like Jonah and you could feel like, man, I, my past disqualifies me. Uh, but, you know, if you're breathing, it doesn't. You could, you know, uh, think I've got to have a polished. Here's what we learned from Jonah. You, like Jonah, have been called. Are you faithful? Are you faithful? We must be faithful to share. And here's what we know. God will be faithful to save. God will be faithful to save. You see, that, this is the beauty of it. Uh, Jonah preached the message, and, and watch what happened. It says, and the people of Nineveh believed God. You believe, turn or burn. Okay, 
They believe God. They call for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Here's what we know. The, the, the king of Nineveh, he called a fast. He heard this and the Holy Spirit, you see, this is, why, this is why you can't mess it up because it's not you who saves, it's God and it takes the Holy Spirit's conviction upon people's hearts. Without the Holy Spirit's conviction, you're not going to convince anybody they need Jesus. Right, and it's the Holy Spirit. So Jonah preached the shortest, the most offensive message in the history of the world. And what happened? The Holy Spirit took that and he penetrated our heart. That's why you can't mess it up. It's not you, it's the Holy Spirit. And he took that and he penetrated the hearts of the people. Now, is that always the case? No. I, I, if you say, Pat, how many people have come to know the Lord that you shared? I'm batting, not even 100. You see, in baseball, I'm not making a team, right? I've got, most people you share the gospel with will never say yes. And I, and I used to walk away and feel so, I still walk away and I grieve that, but I used to walk away and, and wonder, what did I do? What could I have done differently? What, what, I mean, man, I, if I would get better, I, I need to present better. No, I, I can't save them. Now I realize, no, without the Holy Spirit's conviction, they're not coming to the Lord. It's God who saves, it's not me. And so, so you know, Jonah here, he goes in and, and he says, turn and burn. And all of a sudden, the king and everybody in the, in, in the great city went, are you serious? And so they called this great fast, fast for all the people and even the animals, it says. The animals. Now, you read that at first and you're like, what, poor old animals? Why are they making the animals suffer? No food or water for the animals? You know, a lot of theologians, and I, I, I love this, and I think it, it's, it's, it's a very, uh, you know, I, I love the thought of it, and which I think is, it, it's very possible that it's the reality is the reason the king called a fast for all the people and animals is because what do animals do when they're hungry and when they want water? Well, they cry out, right? I, I mean, I've got a lab. Every evening when, that, when my lab deacon gets hungry, he lets me know. He comes up to me and he starts barking. And I know the bark. He's letting me know, I'm hungry, Daddy. Would you feed me? Right? And he starts barking. And animals, cows, they start neighing because they don't have food, they don't have water. And I think that the whole deal with this fasting is, is because he's wanting all the people and all the animals to be crying out. And maybe God will save us. Maybe God will save us, and he wanted the animals to do the same. And so, so the word here was preached, and through Jonah's faithfulness to share, God was faithful to save. The word was preached. The people repented, and the wrath of God was turned from Nineveh to the cross. Yeah, that's right. Jesus has not been born yet, but Jesus was alive. People in the Old Testament were saved just like people in the New Testament were saved just like people today. By faith in Jesus. We look back on the cross, they looked forward. They didn't necessarily know his name would be Jesus when he was on this planet. But they looked forward to the Christ. They looked forward to the Savior. As we look back, they were saved the same way. And by grace of God, not by their works, not by their fasting, <clears throat> not by keeping the Sabbath, not by keeping the Ten Commandments. They were saved the exact same way. And Jonah was faithful to preached the message, and God was faithful to save. When Jonah preached the word, the people repented relentlessly, and 
God's wrath was diverted from the people of Nineveh to the cross, to the cross. See, Jonah declared, had already declared in the belly of the well, salvation belongs to the Lord, remember? But he knew obedience belonged to him. Salvation belongs to the Lord, but obedience belonged to him. You're not gonna save anyone. Salvation belongs to the Lord, but obedience belongs to you today. Will you obey? You know, we can, we can stick our heads in the sand in apathy to the lost around us, or, or we can follow God away from the beach of, you know, uh, and, and onto the mission before us. Today, in our world, there is a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems, and you know that, and you look at that, and you see that. There are so many problems, and folks, there are more answers than there are problems. And most of those answers dig the hole deeper. Most of those answers dig the hole deeper. Most of those answers are, are humanistic, right? I mean, most of those answers, if you will just be a better person, if you will just educate yourself, I mean, if you will just choose love, that's what I love, football and the NFL, but, you know, I just sort of shake my head when I see the backs of the helmets with choose love, be the change. It's just humanistic. You can do it. Well, here's what we've done. We, we've gotten worse because none of those things change the heart. They're called behavior modification. And you can, behave, you can modify your behavior for a moment, but when the pressure is on, man, what's inside is gonna come out and we're seeing that, aren't we, all over our world? The world's full of problems. There's a lot of answers. And all those answers are reasons and, uh, and, and ways that we find and, and we try to, to find a way around God. Here's the only answer is Jesus. The only thing that can change a heart is Jesus. The only thing that can change people's hearts and minds is the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. You wanna, you wanna really be an answer to what's going on and all the problems of our world? Then share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the answer. It's the answer. It's what changes hearts. Matter of fact, we were commanded to do so. And there are people all over our schools, people all over our homes, people all over our neighborhoods, people all over our jobs that are, matter of fact, most of the people in your job, by the tune of probably 90% or greater, do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Most of the people in your schools, to the tune of over 90%, do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Most of the people you come in contact with every day do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. How will they hear? How will they be saved? Well, God will save them, not you. But he has ordained and commanded that you share. Here is the theme verse for LifePoint Church, okay? What, there's two theme verses, John 10, 10. I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Life point, we point people to life. And then Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. Romans 10, 13 through 15. And this is one of the theme verse which says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how will they call upon him if, if they don't believe in him? And how will they believe if they don't hear about him? And how will they hear if no one 
preaches. And how will they preach unless they're sent? How will they preach unless they're sent? You see, that's live sent, the sending church. This is where it all comes from. Did you see the chain there? Did you see how God, people have, if you call on the name of the Lord, they're going to be saved. If your granddaddy calls on the name of the Lord, he's going to be saved. If your friend at school calls on the name of the Lord, he's going to be saved. If somebody you don't know that you're on a plane with, he calls on the name of the Lord, he's going to be saved. If he calls on the name of the Lord. But how's he going to call on the name of the Lord if he, can't, if he don't believe in him? And to believe, you've got to know. And so how's he going to know if no one tells him? Right? Who is that? That's you. God has ordained, he saves, but he saves through the proclamation of the gospel. That's why he said, go into all the world and share the gospel. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That's our command. Jonah said, God told Jonah, go into that great city of Nineveh. Jonah stiff-armed God because he didn't love the people of Nineveh. He hated them and he didn't want them to be saved. But God got his attention. God pursued him. God got him there. He eventually shared. God's told you the same exact command as Jonah. Not go to Nineveh, go into the world. And most Christians stiff-arm God. Now, they're not saying, I don't want the world to be saved. I don't want my granddaddy to be saved. It's like, I, I, I just, I'm just not gonna do it. I don't wanna do it. I can't do it. My past is, is too bad. Uh, my, my, my words are not good. I, I, I don't know how to do that. But we're still, just like Jonah, we're stiff-arming God. Whatever the reason, we're still stiff-arming God if we don't obey his command, right? And today I hope you know God's pursuing you and I hope we relentlessly repent uh, of that and, and, and I hope that we accept God's mission and don't waste our life like Jim Elliott, like Amy Hood, like, like Jonah. I hope we don't waste our life but we invest it it doesn't matter what someone says about you. It doesn't matter if someone runs you out of their circle of friend groups. It, it doesn't matter if, if, if someone rejects you and hates you. It doesn't matter. In the scheme of eternity, that's what the, 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 the remember the apostle said, we count it a joy for being beaten for the name of Christ. Don't waste your life. There are a lot of good things, being a good husband, being a good father. Man, being a good employer, being a good employee, being a good friend, all these things are, are, are great and you should do these things from a gospel perspective and through these things you should be sharing the gospel. That's what you're created for. Don't waste your life. Here today, you're either Jonah or you're Nineveh. You're either Jonah or you're Nineveh. Every person in this room, every person watching online today, you're either Jonah or you're Nineveh. Some of you are Nineveh. Some of you are not followers of Jesus Christ. Some of you have never called on the name of the Lord. I mean, you might have said, oh, Lord, when you're, you know, something bad happens and all this, but you've never called on him for salvation out of belief. Today, <laughs> you know, as Jonah preached, there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to be right with God, and that is Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's in Jesus. Today, if you're Nineveh and the Holy Spirit is working on your heart, I, I, I wanna call you today to respond to that and call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. How do you do that? We wanna help you. We wanna help you. At the, at the end of the message, man, you can go back 
and, and, and tell me, tell one of us, I, I wanna call on the name of the Lord, how do I, and we'll help you. If you're watching online, you text the word uh, uh, Jesus to the number on the screen, 615-551-9800, and we'll help you. Some of you are Nineveh today. And I don't know if it's 40 days and God's gonna lower the hammer, but God is gonna lower the hammer. He's gonna drop the hammer. He's gonna drop the hammer uh, at some point. And today, I hope you respond to the gospel of grace. Now, some of you are Jonah. Man, you believe in God. You're a Christian. And God's calling you to share the gospel. He's commanded you to, every person in here. It's just where. Some of you, God may be calling to go to a different culture. God may be calling some of you to go to a different country. And you're like, I don't know, God, I don't know how this will go. I've got a family, I've got kids, like Jim Elliott, I guess. I've, I've got a family, I've got kids, I'm, I'm young, I, I've got my life before me, and don't waste your life. If God's calling you to go, we'll help you get there. We'll help you get there, wherever it is. Is that what God's calling you to do? Maybe you're a teenager and God's placing that call in your heart right now. Maybe you're 50 years old and God's telling you to go. It's never too late. But here's what I do know. God's put people in your life that he wants you to share the gospel with. Who's your one? Remember, who's your one? We've talked about who's your one. Who's, uh, I, you know, I, don't, don't focus on the thousands. Focus on one. Who's one person that you can share the gospel with? And then who's the next one? Who's your one? God's commissioned you and he's called you. We must be faithful to share. You can't mess it up. God will be faithful to save. God will be faithful to save. I hope you're learning from Jonah. It, obedience, I mean, disobedience is painful and it stinks, literally. Obedience is absolutely hard, but it's beautiful. Don't waste your life. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for our time together today. Thank you for your word. God, I, I can try to be clever. I can try to be, but it's not my words. My words have zero power. God, your word has all the power when it's empowered by your Holy Spirit. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would empower the words. Sometimes I bumble them, sometimes I fumble them, sometimes I say stuff that I, I, I after the service, I, I think, why did I say that? And I regret and I, I'm like, and I stick my foot in my mouth. God, thank you that you take all of that and you, Lord, work that into your plan and your will. Thank you that I can't mess it up. God, I pray that every person in this room today would realize they're Nineveh or they're Jonah. Every person in this room today would realize that they're lost and that without you, they're on their way to hell. God, I pray that, I know that's offensive, but God, I, I, I pray that you would take that and help shake the soul of people who don't know you and help them to say, I, I, I don't want to go there, I want Jesus. Please, God, help today. Convict and help people call on the name of the Lord. God, I pray that every Christian in this room would be convicted to walk in obedience to our command to make disciples of all nations. God, help us to realize that as we read the story of Jonah, you didn't just command Jonah to go share the gospel. You have commanded every believer, and I pray that we would respond to that. We've been stiff-arming you for years, many of us, not because we hated someone like Jonah, 
but because we literally are afraid, God, we're, we're, we're held captive by our past. We're afraid of what somebody might say to us. We're afraid of losing our friends. We're afraid of being called a bigot. We're afraid of, we're, Lord, we're just afraid. I pray you would take all fear away and help us to realize what you created us and saved us to do and help us to not waste our life. God, I pray that when we die, whatever day, moment that you have planned, I pray that when we die, God, that the people around us, God, would realize and that they would say, he or she did not waste their life. They invested it. And there'll be many people, many people from generations and generations to come who are in heaven because they did not waste their life. I pray for that, Father. God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your grace upon grace upon grace. God, I pray that you would burn within our soul, light a fire within us. Give us a passion for the lost world and help the world to see you within us and call on the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.